Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Kate Madakani Aldridge. For now, anyway, I'd like to welcome you to Spiritual Home. As a client of Spiritual Home, you've already shown that you're someone with an enlightened aura. Someone better, like me. So, I'd like to suggest that you also support Dumpty Dum at patreon.com. If you do, you can get their extra content. It's the actual meaningful stuff, not the usual drivel. It doesn't matter how much you sponsor them for. I think they're pretty desperate, to be honest. Okay, patreon.com. And, obviously, if you ever need a vaginal steaming, you know where I am. Blessings. Oh, hello, Dumpty Dum, and welcome to this special Dumpty Dum 200th anniversary week of uh, programs. We are live on Mixler. I'm joined by Royfield and by Hedley Nicklau. Hello, Hedley. Hello, Royfield. Hello. Wow, that was steamy, wasn't it? Mm. That Kate, that Kate Aldridge that was. I would like to point out that in no way do Dumpty Dum, Royfield or myself advocate any kind of steaming of the <laughs> nether regions. Whether you be a man or a woman, it can only end in... Tears. Well, yes. Well, or scolding. Or scolding. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, so anyway. Uh, I'm just going to quickly say something, Mr. Wilson, that then it's over to you to fundamentally drive this show, right? Because I, you and I, Headley, spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago now, yeah. and um, I loved it. And um, I said to you, kind of half emotionally, that you are the reason why I listen to The Archers, and that is absolutely, categorically the fact you know your wonderful acting back in in the 1980s uh when you were having that affair with that horrible police policeman um so uh i just like to re- remind remind you of that uh, but also uh we had a call 
which we did play out on the show on Monday, which I think everybody got. Oh God, I'm getting my days mixed up because of the time difference here. But anyway, on the 200th show, which you were supposed to be on, we had a call from Dusty, who's one of our stalwart listeners, and I just thought I'd play it for you now. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Uh, just a couple of things, really. Um, first of all, I'm thrilled to bits that Headley is going to be on a couple of Dumdy Nums upcoming. I thought her portrayal of Kathy was marvellous, and particularly um, in the aftermath of the rape. Um, and, and in fact, the lead up to it as well, I just thought she played an absolute blinder i really loved it um, and she was also very nice if you ever rang archer's addicts to order um a book or something like that she often answered the phone herself so um wow excellent and she needs to be back in ambridge i think um the other point i was going to make was about linda there you go there you oh, go that's fantastic bless her that's very kind it is yeah. thank you Thanks, Dusty Substances. Now, following on, Headley, from what uh, Dusty Substances said, we have uh, a message from Witherspoon, who is one of our uh, long-time contributors. He's a New York psychoanalyst, so I'm a bit scared of him because he might actually know what's wrong with my head. So I, 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 I want to be very careful here. But he says that when he started listening to the Archers, Kathy had already been through a lot of bad times and she she always felt forlorn to him and in fact he uses the term clinically dysthymic which i've no idea what it is so everyone can everyone can look that up dysthymic dysthymic d-y-s-t-h-y-m-i-c dysthymic so so he found yeah yeah so he said it it found it was it's quite harrowing to listen to poor old kathy yeah and he wants kathy to come back with really joyful storylines. So what I was thinking is, if if and when Kathy comes back interview, which we all hope she does, what storylines would you really like to see her being involved in? Well, that's an interesting one. I'd like to see her being part and parcel of the village. I'd love her to have a conversation at one stage. I mean, it wouldn't be funny, but a conversation <laughs> at some stage with Helen, because these two women have both been oh, victims. Yes. And um, Kathy has gone through it, and Helen, who is a bit more neurotic to start with, has still got quite a lot to go through. Um, that that I would be interested in as as a listener. I'd be interested in that one. Um, I'd also like Jamie back in. I'd like Kathy interacting with Jamie. I think you could have a certain amount of comedy with the kind of woman he might bring back, mm. because um, that. That could be fun because we don't really know what Jamie has been up to, but I'm sure as a young lad he'll have been up to something. So that will be fun. One of the things we say is that if you want stories, you have to have three people in one of the houses at least. Right. Two people don't make it. You 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 need three to to bounce off each other. Um, it's a bit like we say. Well, we say um, that for married couples, they're more married if there's another person around. It mm. makes it happen. So, yes, uh, I think 
there could be some yardage. Certainly, again, it's not necessarily comedy, but Grey Gables is a, in a very interesting situation at the moment, and we don't really know what Oliver's going to do. We know that Linda is extremely dominating. I think you could have some quite nice interchanges with Linda and Kathy, because Kathy as a character is quite a foil, and in a way more as a foil for the other characters than, than comic within herself. So how do you play that differently? If, if you're a foil for, for other people to... You're a feed. So if you're yeah. in theatre, what happens is um, it's to do with timing. So if somebody's coming in with a laugh line, um, it usually goes in threes. So it could be... I can't think of a laugh line at the moment, but it could be, um, that's the orange over there. So Kathy would say, where? Um, over there. But I can't see it. It's over there. Ah! And, and that kind of creates the comic moment. Okay, uh, but she doesn't have the punchline that's funny. No. Mm. She... Okay, so we've got. Uh, I've, I think I've got. Oh, I've got a pronunciation. <laughs> it's diasthenic, not dysthenic. So I've been told off by Witherspoon. I was hoping he would give us. Um, I have. Us what it is. Well, I, I can tell you, it's a persistent depressive disorder. Is that what poor old Kathy's got? A mild but long-term form of depression. Now. I I did say this last week on the yeah. show that well, obviously I'm a big fan of you and kind of was somewhat ambivalent about how I felt about Kathy. Yes. But I never really believed that you and Kenton would actually be a workable couple. No. 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 And I know they say opposites attract, but that's really like, utterly is chalk and cheese because you yeah. were Kathy always played you were Kathy always played this very grounded and I think this diastemic thing um is, is on the nose really you know mild but long-term form of depression you, you there was no fun around Kathy no no and she arrived she'd already had a, a husband that she was uh, divorced from who, who turned up and created a bit of trouble and then disappeared. So she's never been very successful in her relationships. I don't think she liked being in a pub. Um, she's a very predictable, middle-class woman. Um, I don't think imagination is her strong point, but she's kind and mm. she's warm-hearted and, and she does her bit. Um, but life has given her a few knocks. The funny thing is that in my own person, as, as Headley, um, the sort of work I did in the theatre was always comedies I used to get my, I did Blythe Spirit I played the maid Edie and that and, and the challenge was how many laughs could you get just walking across the stage carrying a tray while shenanigans were going on on the sofa um, so I did a lot of comedy and my timing is comedic and I find it quite amusing that I wound up with Kathy for about 30 plus years playing this to me a rather narrow uh, woman who hasn't got a strong sense of humour, mm. um, and and who isn't really very funny. Well, isn't funny at all. I mean, I feel quite sorry for her. I don't know if I'd be a friend of hers. I don't think I quite like her, but uh, she doesn't encourage intimacy. Mm. She was quite a, a, a good mother, I thought, to Jamie, in that yeah. she, she struggled because she was a, a single mother, but she certainly tried to guide him, particularly when he was doing his, um, his uh, I can't remember what they're called, GCSEs, I guess, yeah. and when he went off to be a, a tree surgeon. Tree surgeon, yeah. Yeah. 
No, she did her best and he was suffering too and it was very difficult with the breakup with Kenton. I think all those sort of stories I really like um, because I think they mirror what goes on in the big wide world. There are a lot of single parents trying to rear children on their own and it's not easy, particularly when it's a lad and he gets to be an adolescent. And you haven't got a man there to sometimes say, oh, well, that's the way we are, or don't worry too much about it. Or, you know, it's an intense focus. So, uh, and I very much like the actor who played Jamie. He, he's very good. He's, he's, he's doing well at the moment, which is nice. Um, so, yes, I, I just find, I find Kathy. I think if I was running the show, the thing about Kathy is that she fits in odd places. She's, as I said at the start, she's a foil, which means she can actually go anywhere in, in Ambridge and she just fills out the picture a bit more because a lot of her responses are fairly predictable and a lot of people out there recognise that and associate themselves with her, her world. So do I guess in, in a... Sorry, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that's the reason why, and I don't want to be too controversial here, but maybe that's why the new the new editors have struggled to really place Cathy because they because they because they don't really realize that actually she is a she is a foil that's an interesting thought I don't know I think it, it's really hard to know how the storylines come about and how characters are used and what place they have in Ambridge and every time you've got a new editor and quite rightly you're going to get an exploration of new characters and new stories. We've got some nice new characters at the moment and their stories are evolving. I think perhaps more to the point that for a new editor to come in, what they don't get is the history that our followers have with the characters. And it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, treks, you know, um, uh, Rex. Toby and Rex, so yeah. That takes a long time to, for people to really care about them and what happens to them. And it's saying when you change the characters, sometimes it works better than others and, and you're redeveloping and you're recreating a partnership between you and the listening public. I mean, for me, um, I have people who've listened since Kathy came into the show. I've got one or two really devoted followers who know more about Kathy than I do because what they've done is relate what's happened to her to what's happening to them. And that's something that's quite precious and that's part of the roots of the show but they're not immediately obvious to a new person coming in however talented they are in terms of radio it's something unique to the show it is and it, just because kathy hasn't been around for a, a, a few years, years yeah. voicing it doesn't mean that she's not going to suddenly crop up that's what takes us that's one of the things i like about the archers is that it 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 it, it its focus wanders somewhat in in the village and and it will rest sometimes for too long as i think royfield and lucy thought uh, with with rob and helen mm. but then it then it will drift back again and i think maybe maybe it was the rob and helen um storyline that, that pushed out a lot of a lot of the main characters for quite a while oh very much so i mean there were about 16 17 of us that were just not heard uh and gradually the next editor has started feeding them back in but now of course he's gone so um we'll be getting another new editor in the space of what three years two years uh but you've got to have it in a way because times move on and one of the things about the archers as a top if only radio soap 
um, is that it has to keep track of what's going on with our visual brothers and sisters. I like that, visual brothers and sisters. I don't know, yeah. which is EastEnders? A brother or a sister? Coronation Street? Hmm, don't know, jury's out. So I think it's an embarrassing uncle. <laughs> it's a very sad uncle. We talk about Kathy yeah. being depressed. Thank God she's <laughs> Exactly. There. She's the clown if she was in an <laughs> EastEnders, isn't she? <laughs> I just love his. I love it the fact of these tenders. You know, you can't just walk in and say hello. It's always got to be hello. <laughs> or yes, we'll there. anyway. So in, in Ambridge, we're gentler. But yes, yeah, so they have to keep track of that. So we we do have to, to to be with the times. Otherwise, we're popped in a backwater, and we never want to be that. Mm, I think. So, but sometimes we, we certainly get the the reaction, and you get it on Twitter too, as I'm sure you see, is that. They don't want the archers to be too soapy tropey, which is uh, which is Royfield's um, Royfield's phrase. But I think that um, I think it does generally tread a good line between the the old fashioned way that the archers used to be and and what modern audiences are expecting. Well, actually, if you listen to a vintage archers uh, tape or video or disc or whichever way you can get hold of one. Uh, you realise just how hugely it's changed. I mean, enormously yeah. changed. And it's and it'll be about the pace of it and and it's the, pace, the, it's the, the sound delivery. mixing. It's yeah. the fact that we were dealing with uh, mono, not stereo. So yeah. mono, um, you're, you're facing somebody across the microphone, and you, you well, I won't go into all the technical side of it, but with stereo, well, why not? We're interested. <laughs> with stereo, it's like a figure of eight, and you can be conversational, yeah. and you can bring a, a performance right down. And that's exciting. Whereas with mono, there was, and there's always an element of projection, but with mm. mono, there was more of an element of projection. And an approach was quite, had to be really well timed. You had to be the right distance from the mic and you had to then be close up on the mic. Whereas you've got much more flexibility with a stereophonic mic. So all of that has made a lot of difference. Um, technically, we, we've just evolved huge. I mean, in the old days, you were recorded on a disc. And if you made a mistake, you had to go right back and start again. Mm. And then we were on tape, and what would happen there would be that if you made a mistake, they would splice it, so they cut out your mistake, and they'd join the tape together, and then you'd re-record. And so often we would sit outside waiting to see if the, the, the edit had worked. Basically, had it gone smoothly, or was there a slight bump which would indicate that something had happened? And then gloriously, we got computerized, and then that's just wonderful. I mean, it can really help if you've got a cold, it can take out some of that nasal intonation. Um, that was my that was my interpretation of a nasal intonation. <laughs> um, and so, yes, it's it's very slick now. It's very slick, but we it, do work very fast. It is really noticeable what you've said there when you listen back to the archers in the 1980s. So when I do a lot of the actors' interviews, I'm going back and I'm listening to old recordings, which, you, which anyone can find on YouTube. I have no special way in with the, you know, with the archers' archive in service. And you're completely right, that delivery is is very i don't say stilted because that sounds like people weren't acting they obviously were but then you listen to the archers now and yeah. apart from just the vibrancy of the recording but it's very obvious that the actors actually now move around much yeah. more than they ever did in yes. in the 1980s you can hear somebody pan left and right so, so they are walking somebody's obviously in the background whereas 
the mic levels back in the 1980s all kind of be set to be kind of the same and you can imagine everybody kind of stood stood next to stood in a row next to that mic yes and when you i mean one of the things that was always a challenge was uh to get the sound of somebody in the open air so to get the sound of somebody in the open air you have to have an enclosed area and so we started with an old, um, what were like flats in the theatre with a blanket over it. Then we actually had what we called the dead room. So the dead room was like a little building inside the studio where there were a couple of tubs, one with, with tape so you could sound so you were rustling in the woods, or um, there was a bit of tiling. So You did a lot of rustling in the woods, you did in the 80s. I say, well, <laughs> that field was never the same. Um, <laughs> But now they, <laughs> they couldn't off. mow it. It was so flat. <laughs> Crop circles. Um, <laughs> the art that we have now, it's it's fabulous. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's we call it the snail. So it's it's a little yeah. curve with with these pointy bits of black sponge that absorb all the sound. So it's so much easier now to sound as though you're out in the open air. Um, because of that so you come round this little snail and there you are you're on mic so you've wandered across the field and, and now we hear the conversation you're having with whoever it may be uh so that's quite exciting technology you know the way things have evolved again yeah i've been in one of those dead rooms i went when i was a little teenage boy which was a long time ago the old broadcasting house i went on a tour of that and there was a dead room in one of the drama studios and my overwhelming memory of that is that it almost hurt the ears to be in it because there was no reflection of sound back. Does that affect how you speak? I mean, I, I... Well, it's because, but it's like everything else, whether you do um, theatre, television or radio, it's all a huge effort of the imagination. So mm. if you're supposed to be outdoors, um, well, I've got a better way of expressing it. Um, Kathy and Sid went swimming. So there's a cracked sink in the studio and in the old studio actually at Pebble Mill. And so what happens is they fill the sink with water and they put a microphone over the water. Yeah. And you've got a spot effects person going splish, splash, splish, splash, which is heard on that mic. And then you've got a mic on Kathy and Sid. So what I'm doing is I'm actually doing sort of swimming, saying, oh, yeah. come on, Sid, this is so fresh, it's wonderful. And I'm actually doing these swimming movements to get that kind of pulse yeah. in the voice. <laughs> and in your head, what you've got to think is, oh, Sid and Kathy are courting. And it's actually lovely here. We're having a wonderful um, swim. Uh, and it's kind of like ignore the physical surroundings you find yourself in. Yeah. Fascinating. That's the, that's the fun bit. Now, we have a question, that's, well, three questions that have come in online from uh, Missy Nissy, who, who was one of the people, Janice Pope, I believe, who turned up to uh, the Dumpty Dum meetup in Oxford over the summer. And she says, hi, all. I have some questions if you get a chance to ask them. Well, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Question number one. Kathy was notice, noticeably absent during the Rob storyline. What effect do you think Kathy would being present have had on the story? Um, for me, I found it very odd that she wasn't there. Uh, Pat and Kathy are staunch friends, and Pat has seen Kathy through quite a lot of trauma. And I think she would have rung Kathy up. They'd have gone and had a drink. And I think she could have been again a listener for Pat. It could have helped her. She's also very practical, Kathy. I think she would have been supportive. And it would have just been another bit of texture, another bit of ambridge. And I did miss that. And so did a lot of the listeners. I got lots of queries about that. Yeah, so well, I was Dumpty sorry Dum. that she wasn't there. 
yeah, Dumpty Dum listeners and, and Royfield and Lucy. Mm. So where the heck is Kathy? This is just completely... And at that stage, they didn't even mention that, oh, that Pat had gone for a cup of tea with Kathy mm. to, to sort, you know, to go through... Uh, go yeah. through things the traumatic so didn't even mention that at least now mm. she's being mentioned yes quite a lot the, mm. the, the, there was a point wasn't there where pat had well pat had a lot of concerns about mm. uh, about rob initially she didn't warm to him and then in mm. the end she went well my daughter's made this decision basically you, you would have been the ideal person for her to voice yeah. those concerns too yeah absolutely and that's what we do you know that's what mates do um, so yes, but anyway, that's the way it went, and mm. there are only so many characters you can have per episode, etc. Et but yeah, uh, I missed. Just before we go on to some more questions, should we have a, a quick listen to a bit of Kathy? Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Oh, hello, Kenton. Didn't expect to see you. Really? No, I was just going in to buy a bottle of wine. Well, uh, don't let me stop you. I'm, um, I'm, I'm just on my way around to Shuler's. We're planning this trip to Bath for Mum's 80th. Yes, I know. Oh, yes, of course you do. You and Jamie are still coming. I hardly I, I... think that will be appropriate, do you? Uh, uh, well, up to you, obviously. So, uh, how are things? How do you think? Well, I was, I was wondering, you know, I mean, I mean, not now, obviously, but if you fancy meeting up for a drink or something. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? Well, I just thought, uh, you know, if you, you know, if I want to talk about things. Oh, no, uh, no, I don't well, want to talk about things. I don't want to talk to you about anything. Right. What I do want is for you to go around to April Cottage and remove the rest of your belongings. What? Today? Hmm. I shall be out this afternoon, so will Jamie. Well, it's not actually... If they're not gone today, then they're going out with the rubbish. Oh. Oh, okay. That's the way you feel? Yep, it is. Right. Well, probably for the best. I mean, you're right. I guess it might be time to call it a day and move on. Oh, don't be such a sanctimonious git. What? You've already moved on, haven't you? In what way? In a sleeping with your customers at Jack's way. What? It I know all about it, Kenton. How? And if you think there's the remotest chance of me letting you back into my life and my home after that kind of behaviour, then you're even more stupid than I gave you credit for. Shh, shh, shh. Do you want the whole village to know? I don't give a damn who knows. Let's keep this civilised, oh, Kathy. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. A man of your age picking up a young woman in a bar? That's civilised behaviour, is yeah, it? She wasn't that young. That precise age. Yeah, beside the point, yes, obviously. Right, well, I'll do it now then. I'll go and collect the rest of my belongings. You satisfied? And you can leave your key on the hall table. You were bloody good there. Bravo. Oh I'm a little frightened. I'm scared. <laughs> She's not very nice. <laughs> I feel like I've been told off. Oh, crikey. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Richard's lovely, isn't he? Richard's fab. We had a lot of fun because Richard is a very good, very good actor. He's always working. And whenever we had a scene together, he always wanted to tear it to bits and, and, and work on it. Uh, I loved him. Great. I still do. But that was fun. Yeah. We like those sort of meaty scenes, but she was a bit horrible. I wouldn't like. I, I mean, I'm not sure I like her at all. <laughs> she was. Oh come on. She was. She'd been betrayed. She was hurt. She'd been let down. She needed to let 
rip, surely. Mm. Everyone's allowed to let rip from time to time. Hey, and she said, no. damn, that was a bit scarily. Git, uh, she unusual. called him a git. Mm, and git, that was like a sanctimonious git. That was fun. <laughs> good fun. Git is a good word because it has the power, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, not, it's a yeah. category, it's a Z-list swear word. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, question number two from Nissy here is she recalls Jamie uh, was a tree surgeon. Do you think he'd still be doing tree surgery now, or do you think he would have? Um, I was about to say branched out, but that. <laughs> and you might have you might have twigged to that pun. <laughs> do you think he'd still be a tree surgeon now? I think he was really into it. Oh yeah, no, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. I'd love to know where he is. I think he's up a tree. Yeah, K S I N G. Yes. And thirdly, uh, no, I think he'd still be a tree surgeon. I think he'd be doing very well. It's a good career, that, isn't it? You get a pickup truck and a chainsaw and everything. Mm-hmm. Number three from Nissy is: Would Kathy yeah. be in another relationship now? And what kind of man or woman? Who knows? What kind of person do you think she'd be in a relationship with now? Well, I think what happens nowadays is she'd be on uh, online dating, and mm-hmm. it so happens that a couple of my friends have had really positive experiences. I don't think it always has to be exploited as a bad experience. And two two people I know have actually found uh, men who live quite close to where they are and have been idyllically happy. And one of them, I really love this because this lady had had a very tough time and she found this chap and they're married and he just said to her, what's on your bucket list? I'm going to do everything on your bucket list. And so he did. So all the things that she wanted to do and explore and go abroad and all the rest of it, they've done. And I think that would be a really nice, warm story. And but I that wouldn't make a good drama on the radio, a blissfully happy couple. But, but you've got to have a bit, you see, at the moment. Uh, not at the moment, but for, for, in the interest of balance. Mm-hmm. Quite good to have a relationship that's bounding along quite comfortably, alongside yeah. a relationship where in which we can see there are problems. So, like yeah, you have a comparative men. story, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily the way you could, but you could, you could have a bit of fun with that. Um, mm. I think they've done it some, t- but a long time ago. Uh, I think they could. That, that would be something that she would do. Very, very current. Um, 
You know what? Oh, yeah. you, I've just realised that what I said is kind of bunkum because Robert and Linda <laughs> Snell are blissfully happy, aren't they? But yeah. there's enough difference between them as people, so you get the comic, you get the dramatic yeah. difference, but yeah, there's never any cool. stress on their marriage per se. They're rock yeah. solid. So, you, yeah. so, you, yeah. so it can be done. It can be done. But I think also I think that's very relevant to a lot of widows, to a lot of women on their own who don't quite know what to do with themselves. Kathy's younger than I am, and I think she would certainly have a go. I think she always bless her. She always does have a go. It'd be quite nice if she had someone who brought her a bit of fun. But there we are. Mm. We'll see. Well, I want to know what I want to know what website your friends go on. <laughs> I'm on the market at the moment. Are you? <laughs> I'm uh, not sure which ones they went on. Yep. Th there is another question here from Jed and White. The synopsis yep. of the BBC site says that you saved a young Adam Macy when he was bitten by an adder. Yeah. What other decisions should Cathy regret? <laughs> That's another character. What decision should Kathy regret? Well, none of them because they created some really meaty and great storylines, so that was bad. Um, for her as a person, the biggest decision, the biggest regret is that she was so good to the chef, to Owen King. Mm -hmm. Because if she hadn't been so good to him, he wouldn't have misunderstood uh and and the situation wouldn't have arisen uh but she was a soft touch mm. so, yeah. and that's in no way victim blaming at all is it it's just no and the other thing I, I think she should have stood up to her bully a bit sooner martin um, gibson martin gibson yeah oh, i hate him and great. i love i love the actor who plays him it's john glover isn't it yeah. and he did a lot of radio he did weekending and all that yeah. kind of thing but and, yeah um I think she would have been a bit more feisty and, yeah. and seen him off. Because there was talk of taking him to tribunal, etc., yeah. wasn't there at the time? And she should have done that. Yeah. But I guess it's yeah. it's I guess it's 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 more realistic that people are don't, don't because because they they feel that they won't win and the system is too big for them and it costs too much money and it, much. it doesn't do to stir the pot, does it? Because everyone will know you're a trouble causer. No, and then you you come across as a victim. Hmm. And the last time she was involved in anything legal, of, of course, was, was that yeah. rape case. Yeah. I like that. I like the fact that that was kind of like a year or so down the line when mm. she thought it was all forgotten and then it all, you know, they come knocking at her door. I, like, I, I think that's one of the things the Archers does really well, that yeah. they can take their time over stories like the Alzheimer's story with Peggy and Jack. I mean, that was beautifully crafted. That just went on and on as it does in real life. Uh, well, that was terrific. I'm very proud of the series with some of the stories that they have explored and I think done triumphantly. And I love, I love the moments, the unexpected moments when there are a couple of characters and you're perhaps well, doing washing up or you're, you're half there and then you suddenly hear something in the voice and you start listening and there can be some real poignancy between yeah. a couple of the characters that you didn't anticipate or, or a laugh, you know. It's, yeah lovely i do love it it happens to me quite often that i'll be i'll get that laugh and or the one that gets me is just i'm not expecting it and then i'll suddenly get that lump in yes. my throat yes yes and i'll start to go but then and... have you been drinking gin has this got something to do with it? <laughs> 
I'm I'm a fully rounded emotional human being, and it and it's it's worse when it happens in Sainsbury's. Uh, you you can get away with it in majestic wine. Because you can go and hide behind the Rioja, but um, it, yes, it's it's a very. It, I think the archers. I think being a fan is the wrong word, for 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 following the archers. It it becomes more part of your life than, than just, a radio show. No, the truth is you have to bring something of yourself into the picture to make it work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Back Be- watching television where all that work's been done for you. Yeah. The another thing which we didn't discuss, and this is going to be—I've been reminded by this by what you said about the time span that storylines can actually take. Was your you and Kenton splitting up took took years, didn't it, after the rape? And I did remark last week that I thought that was beautifully played and extremely believable because neither party was fundamentally was wrong in that. Kenton, in his own way, tried to reach out to you, to Kathy. Yeah. You were dealing with trauma. You were dealing with shame, um, and you were concealing this hor- horrible secret for for quite some time. And neither of you could actually cope with that. And yes, in the end, when the relationship had literally kind of broken down, then Kenton went off and he had his dalliance and stuff. But there was there was years. There was a, at least two years before he got to that point, wasn't there? Yeah. And that was something which, if this was EastEnders, it would have been, the rape would have happened on the Tuesday. And, yeah. you know, within, within three weeks, there would have been a breakup of the relationship. Yeah. But this played out beautifully, painfully over years. And also the, the thing there that I liked and the way they did it was that it was Sid who got rid of him. Mm. Not Kenton, got rid yeah. of him. Um, or Gareth or whatever he called himself. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to that. I'm thinking back to there was one thing that was really creepy, where we had Kathy after the event. We had Kathy in her house, her flat or whatever it was, her house, and all we've got is the telephone, and we know that it's Owen, and she just sits there and she's absolutely frozen. She can't answer it. Yes, I remember that. Wow, it's powerful stuff, radio, and that makes it is worse in a way when you when you do complete the picture yourself. Because you're there, aren't you? you, you your heart yeah. begins to thud a bit. <laughs> and I think and because I drops in your house, and you go. Ah! And I listen. I listen on earbuds on a podcast usually. So it literally, is in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Very intimate. Very. That intimate. must have been horrible with Rob and Helen. You don't oh want yes. Rob in your head. Especially because I, I started phoning in, and leaving because uh, I wasn't an original presenter. So I used to phone in, and people say. He sounds like Rob. And, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing Terrible. is, Timothy Watson, who played him, played Rob, is one of the nicest men you could ever hope to meet. He's an absolute darling. Do you think Good these actor. stories that you see in the Daily Mail on the Daily Mirror, where they say that, um, oh, soap stars, and this was this was uh, printed about about Timothy as well, that he was being attacked in the street by, yeah. by listeners. Yeah. They wouldn't have recognised him, would they? Well, yes, because they do show pictures. There were a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. You see, that was such a, a successful storyline on so many different levels. And one of the levels was the amount of publicity it attracted. So, yes, his picture and Louise's, um, Louisa Patakas, who played Helen, mm. uh, they those pictures were everywhere. Uh, so, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. And uh, Bob Arnold, who played Tom Forrest, who was sent off... Um, 
and it wasn't was he jailed i can't remember but it was with i think it was in jail until he got released or he was on bail no it wasn't on bail it was <laughs> he was in jail and um he was uh walking around uh near where he lived and somebody came up to him and said you're terrible you you killed that man why are you out of jail people get very and poor old colin um who played tony um somebody came up and tried to duff him up because he was uh not being very nice to pat at the time so for some people <laughs> there's a very fine line between what is real and what is not but these these are usually people who write letters to the bbc in green ink mm. aren't they well there's that lovely june spencer one when uh her daughter jennifer was was uh pregnant and somebody wrote to june care of pebble mill and said you know dear peggy Nobody else is telling you, but I really think you ought to know. Jenny <laughs> is pregnant, and we don't know who the father is. <laughs> oh, that? how wonderful. Uh, it's great. It's great. Um, and one of the other thing I, I loved was um, I met a lady who said that when Grace died, which was traumatic for many, many of our listeners, that was one of the biggest stories mm. that the Archers ever did. So Grace, um, Phil Archer's first wife, dies in the in the fire or on the way out of the fire in an ambulance um and i forgot what i was telling you about oh yes so i saw this lady and she said oh she said you know i went to see my mother and she was hanging out in the clothes and she was crying and i said mum what's the matter why are you crying and she said is that grace Hodge? <laughs> she's dead <laughs> but we don't know anybody called grace mum Grace Archer in Ambridge. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, that, that was a good one. Jed and White wants to know, does Kathy know where the bunting is? <laughs> yes, and she's keeping it a secret. That's, that's, that's the bunting will return. I think Kathy will find it in a cupboard in Grey Gables, well, and that will be her first line. She'll be in yeah. the cupboard with the bunting. Someone else will find them both. Oh, what she's tied up with the yes, bunting. Tied up, tied up with bunting. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, M- M- Missy Nissy, uh, who asked uh, three other questions before, and she she's desperate for Kathy to return, uh, but she's wondering what storylines would allow this to happen. Well, I think I've already suggested one. Yeah, which was yours? I've already forgotten. Well, being fu- discovering the bunting, bunting oh, in the cupboard. The no, you're absolutely right. She's, yes, I good that, i mean if she was to return it would be done quite seamlessly i mean there'd be some sort of scene in gray gables she'd be talking to roy mm. she might have a chat with linda well um, you, the... you you were you were quite central to um a little storyline last week whereby um ian had these new menus these christmas menus oh, and yes. you and oliver uh, approved them what was it about that you saw in ian's menus because uh, to me they sounded all a bit fancy dancy and this is just christmas dinner I'm, I'm sorry you know but he you you seem to send him out with a proper smile at smile on his face uh, after yeah. that meeting so what was it about those um, those menus there well Edward? because he'd gone away from the fancy to mm. doing traditional christmas food and that would have certainly appealed to kathy i think she'd like that good good christmas food is divine but you start putting too many frills in it's fairly horrible so I think she'd have approved that. And of course, no, you... that was one Pat, you see. Pat was the one who put that idea in Ian's head. I actually found it slightly odd that someone of his experience was getting quite so moided about it. Hmm. I, 
I am enjoying, we're going slightly off the uh, Kathy forward slash Headley conversation here. I'm enjoying the fact that there is more Grey Gables action and the fact that the kitchen is being mentioned again. Because for me, this is Jean-Paul uh, from like the 80s and the 90s and his crazy madcap French ways, uh, Jack Woolley, etc, etc. So it, it reminds me of that. There is that connection. Uh, back to you know Grey Gables back then so I, I do like that but yeah I, I think you're completely right the amount of time that he's been head chef of Grey Gables now for him to put together a Christmas menu he should be able to know the, 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 the balance of the line between the traditional and the slightly quirky so it's still actually interesting mm. yeah 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 no I mean I think he could do that in his sleep I but... think I think he needs proper management well, this, you're making me think of Jack Willie. I remember the golden line with Caroline, which said, I can't do him very well, but everyone else can do him. Everyone can do Jack Willie. Um, no, Caroline, Caroline, it's time you did some managing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the strong characters. How yeah. good you, Captain? Captain? <laughs> do you remember when Captain um, was Portia? Do you remember Mrs. Santrobus? Yes, of she course. She had her dog Portia, mm-hmm. and Portia escaped, and uh, they had uh, little Mongols between them, to the horror of, of certainly Mrs. Antrobus. I think Jack was a bit more open-minded, but they had these little Mongol pups. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Kenton. No, no. Uh, we should start to wind this down because um, the listeners are going to want to listen to the archers in about 15 minutes. Um, I do too. Can we have you on again soon? That would be lovely. <laughs> but I think probably it's time to move on to another character. They've probably had quite enough of the, the non-existent Cathy on the show. <laughs> no, but I think they're segueing you back in slowly but surely. Definitely. Yeah. It's being signposted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I would clear your diary, Headley, for 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 the first quarter of twenty eighteen. Gosh, where it? Gosh, twenty eighteen. <gasps> I know it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Still, it's exciting as well, and I do love Christmas. What have so you got what, planned what for, Christmas? for Christmas? Then? Oh, it's going to I'm a grandmother with a little three-week-old granddaughter <gasps> and wow. a two-and-a-half-year-old grandson. And we'll we'll be having Christmas with my daughter and her husband and loads of family, and they have. Well, little... we at Dumpty Dum will buy your two-year-old grandson a little toy drum that he can bang all day on Christmas Day. How would you like that? You're all heart. Hello, Nicola. Hello, Nicola. Thank you for gracing us with your presence on this two uh, hundredth and and one episode of Dumpty Dum. Sorry we made up a proper balls up on on uh, on Tuesday. Sorry about that. But we got yeah. there in the end. You this did. was really nice. Yeah, it was lovely. There are always gremlins in the works. Yeah. Even the BBC has its moments. That's true. Very true. Thank you, Headley. Thank you very much indeed. It was a, a great pleasure and I had a great time. And thank you for everyone who's been listening in and thank you for the questions. Yes. You've been listening to a special 200th anniversary week episode of Dumpty Dum, live on Mixler. Goodness, now Royfield knows how to do it. We might do it again someday. (laughs) Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 